This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show greetings and salutations all you beautiful people and welcome to another episode of art of the beholder a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter i'm your host novo day and today we're going to be talking about art and history again focusing on the art movement of 1940s new york city and that is abstract expressionism Another one of my favorites. I love this movement for so many different reasons. It's actually my favorite thing to decorate my home in. That's probably the biggest claim I did not to fame. Know that. Yeah, I have really? a yeah a lot of uh, abstract expressionism uh, all over my house. Um, I have a lot of pieces in my home, but that's that, that's definitely the thing I gravitate towards, and that is because. There's something so soothing to me. I know it's supposed to be a lot of the pieces are busy, and we'll talk about the different styles here in a minute. The a, a lot of the pieces are considered busy and chaotic and crazy, and there's something about it that I find strangely soothing in it, like almost welcoming. And that's kind of what we're going to explore today. So, what is it exactly? How did it get shaped? And the history involved. Let's figure it out. And of course, uh, he already chimed in, but let's introduce him my partner in crime, our executive contributor, my favorite person on the planet, Mr. Number 31, T-Buck, welcome. 31. Oh, yeah, you you, know, you heard that. You heard that little gem. Uh, yeah. That is, um, I have- That caught the, me off guard. Did you not? <laughs> I, I, the biggest piece I have in my house, it's like three or four feet by six to eight feet, is a mm -hmm. Jackson Pollock print I got from MoMA, and oh. it is number 31. That's number why. 31 oh yeah okay i get you yeah. well his series thank you it was one colon it's named one colon number 31 gotcha yeah no thank you for having me um i am about to uh be blown away by a storm so um if i fly he away talks like, about the water weather a lot yeah like he's always Dorothy. getting <laughs> Dorothy? Dorothy? yeah there's always a storm or a, a hurricane or a tornado I am an or old man, Jimmy and that's Buffett all I. That is gonna like terrorize. What him. did you say? Nothing. Nothing. Better not have heard what you just said. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, yeah. So if if I if I like just fall off the line here, you you might just I don't know. Okay, I'll 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 take it away. <laughs> You'll have to we'll take just, it away. But we'll just it's, pretend it's like you're little, not. If you can, you you the our viewers can't see on on our our camera. We can actually see each other right now. It is dark. We're in the same room. What are you talking about? Well, yeah. We're, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, uh, let's dive right in. Uh, So abstract expressionism. Now, this is incredibly important to art history because this is one of the very first times ever that a very American-specific art movement achieved international influence on the art world. Hmm. You know who had their their hands deep in the art world for so long before we came along with abstract expressionism that's paris we took it over from paris oh yeah yeah we we stole that from them now they they gave it up during (laughs) world war ii and we'll talk about that part of the history as well sorry so yeah surrender joke never (laughs) ends right uh you know what the uh the french salute was the 1940. Well, you can't see it. You can't. Well, we'll describe it sometime in a live show. That's like an old man, like at a McDonald's. You know how like old people like go to McDonald's like at six in the morning because it's still. Whoa, sorry. Um, just had a piece of hail hit. I don't know if you heard that. He may. He may die tonight, guys. I may die. Uh, but we're <laughs> we're last here show bringing ever. us to you. Like I'm. I'm still here. No, but you know what I mean. Like, ooh, you what? heard that? I bet. I didn't hear that. No, you did not hear that. It did I didn't hear it. No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, we're using dynamic mics, people, uh, not condensers. Yeah. So you really gotta you gotta be close if you don't. You gotta know your be mic close. Equipment. Yeah. So I didn't yeah, hear I was, it. I didn't hear it. Really? That's that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm still here, but I don't know what I was talking about. I lost. It's my okay. It's okay. I'll pull it back. Let's do. Uh, I think I was going back. on a tangent about old people and like. Oh yeah, you were talking about McDonald's. Oh yeah, yeah, like they like there's like a I remember like when I was a kid like my great grandparents going to McDonald's and like sitting with people and they would always be like razzing, like, like world war two jokes. It was incredible. I just, a lot of my humor came from. I'm just, I'm, I'm just craving McDonald's breakfast now. That's my, that's my favorite. That's that's like your, uh, that's that's drunk munchies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. Or just a quarter pounder. Uh, but let's do, let's do a little pullback. Now, uh, when I was doing research for this episode, Buck, I found something very fascinating. And that is that, there is a lot of people and books written about this and uh, a, a variety of things that contradict each other. There's a lot of contradictory ideas and of what the movement actually was and more importantly, who is involved in it. Even some people that were lumped into this category, them saying like, wait, I'm not an abstract expressionist artist. Like they, they didn't even want to be a part of it. And I found that so fascinating uh, and I think we'll dive into this a little more in the discussion se- discussion section. It's it's like Soundgarden. They they were lumped into grunge, and they were like, "No, we are a metal band." Oh, metal? No. Yeah, I feel like. They but that's are. what they said they were. They said, you know, yeah, grunge like Pearl Jam, Nirvana. But Those they were, the were from Seattle, so they yeah. just were like, they "You're just, a grunge yeah. band. You're you're part of it now. You, you have no choice. You have no choice." <laughs> Cornell. <laughs> yeah, you, you, Chris Cornell. <laughs> Yeah. Chris Cornell, you you have to be in the grunge anyway. And he was like, all right, whatever. Like, black hole oh, son. Here's no. black hole son. <laughs> so, uh, of course, guys, before we go into the discussion sec, <laughs> before we go into the d- discussion section, uh, I know what you guys are needing, and that is a little 
background. So this was first applied to American art in 1946 by the art critic Robert Coates, but it actually had its roots in 1919 Germany. There it was literally called German Expressionism. And so uh, that's where a lot of the history is held in understanding this movement before it actually came to America and became its own thing. Later, obviously dubbed Abstract Expressionism. Now, the movement's name is derived from the combination of the emotional intensity and self-denial of the German Expressionists at the time, with the, anti- with the anti-figurative aesthetic of the European abstract schools, such as Futurism or Cubism. Cubism, obviously, when you think of Cubism, you should always think of Picasso and things like the Guernica. That's Cubism. Okay. Now, a lot of uh, expressionists, if you will, they had this image of rebelliousness, anarchy, just highly idiosyncratic and nihilistic views and ownership and imagery and all this stuff. Now, it wasn't just the Germans that the history um, points to. It's also there's a lot of Russian artists of the early of the early 20th century that had close associations with these expressionism movements. Now, where it really came to fame, and this is where kind of Buck was uh, pointing towards, is we started seeing this uh, during probably the end of World War II, but it really acquired international acclaim post-war, post-World War II. And it makes sense because if you study actually the history of it, so the sociology, the culture, things like that, this was a time when there was a lot of artistic and definitely artistic and political censorship. And if you look at these pieces, a lot of them are extremely abstract. Some some are actually take the form of people and other things, but some are extremely abstract. And when when a subject is truly abstract, it becomes apolitical and therefore, you know, safe for public consumption. So that's where a lot of them move towards and and they did that because it was freedom in a lot of ways. Now, like I said, earlier, the term abstract expressionism is applied to so many different things. It has so many contradictions. Uh, In the most like loosest definition of the movement, it essentially applies to any number of artists working mostly in New York City and, and a little bit in San Francisco who had really different styles and even applied their work in different ways. Sometimes it was abstract, sometimes it wasn't, and sometimes it wasn't necessarily completely expressionistic either. But like I said, they were lumped into these categories nonetheless. And like I said a moment ago, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from all this was that it replaced Paris as the center of the art world. New York City became the new epicenter. And that is where we want to that is where we'll start our discussion, my my man. So uh what's great about this uh is let's start with this. What's great about this is it was a direct predecessor of my absolute favorite art movement, and that is surrealism. And it makes sense, right? Yeah. It emphasized spontaneous, automatic, some subconscious creations, just like surrealism. But it took it a step further. It took it. It took it w- way further. I think with, especially with this movement, it. I, I will. And let me preface this. Okay. Preface. Before we start, Preface. it's not my most, it's not my favorite, most favorite movement in art. I think, I think it's hit and miss for most people. Yeah. Right? I, Either I, I, you got, you got people like me, you got people like Novo that yeah. I, I, there's something about it. Like I said, it's something so soothing. I'm drawn to it, but I can see people on the other end of the spectrum being like, oh, this is that fucking art movement where like 
my five-year-old can make pieces in this movement, you know, with like color fields and shit. And we'll get to that. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people me, feel that no- way. It's kind of noisy. And yeah, and so you, you don't, you don't see, so, you don't see the pieces of soothing. You see it as chaos. I see it as chaos. I think it give, yeah. And, and that's why, and this is kind of good. Cause I, this is why I, I don't know much as much about this movement. Cause it's not my favorite. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but I mean, what you're saying, like, it, it, to me, what's most interesting about this movement is the social and and psychology, you know, the history. Yeah, the more of the history, history. Yeah, not of the movement, but the history surrounding it, right? Yeah, like World War because II it was an interesting like time um, in the world because you know we're coming out of the most devastating war that we still have seen ever on this planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. and there was a lot of social and, and different shit's getting change. dark already <laughs> yeah no like i mean you had 60 million people die and yeah. you're coming out of that and um it, it was it was different well let's uh let me pull it back to something i think something you said that i i felt like was it was an excellent um point to piggyback off of you said you didn't like that it was so busy Right. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect segue to talk about the style. Okay. As in the, in this discussion section. So there's two main styles to abstract expressionism. There's what's called action painting, which is what Buck is referring to that he was calling busy. So this is like the pieces that these are large, you know, this is when they're placing large unstretched raw canvas on the floor to be approached from all angles. And this is where we saw the dripping technique. So paint was dripped, it was thrown, it was drawn, it was stained, it was brushed. I mean, sometimes there was no image, it was just an array of colors and all these. I, Mm -hmm. what I, the best way to, I put it is splatter effect. So if you were just to pick up a glob of paint off of whatever and just literally fling it at a canvas, that, was essentially the style. And this is where I noticed things were first getting contradictory because a lot of people were saying, oh, well, they're just kind of putting these things, kind of putting all these colors in different ways onto this canvas and they're trying to make it work where there was a lot of people that would argue this was carefully planned. This was designed to be a certain way. And I would I would argue that it is that latter group, that these were actually not necessarily completely planned from the ground up, But the fact that, I mean, yes, when you throw, when you literally throw paint, like drip and splatter paint onto a canvas, there is a randomness to it. But where you place that randomness has order, right? So there is order in the chaos to me. I think you're talking about chaos theory. uh, Well, I mean, that's what chaos theory is. There's order in chaos. So. Oh, give it to me. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't mean, expecting this convo to go this way, but that this is why we like to discuss. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, so I, I don't know if I fully agree with that And this might make people, especially art um, fans, especially in this period, just might make them go nuts. But I, I, I see it not as mainly as, and I don't say that as a bad thing. I don't see this as a planned thing or there's order in it as more as it's more just free abstract, you know, like just trying to just free thought on, on a canvas basically. 
and it's and it's it's more of not really restricting yourself to one kind of confined rule it's it's more of just putting on whatever just kind of spills out of your brain well and that was how i see it yeah and that was the point so i think we take this period for granted because we've seen we've got to look back on at like we've got to look back at it you know where we didn't live through it me and you and a lot of probably a lot of people are listening to this uh because you have to understand this this was never done before before this so i know i know on paper and on literal canvases it looks just like a mess essentially but but it was done before but it probably wasn't to it wouldn't get to to the acclaimed fame right yeah and there, and there yeah. literally is an art to this. I, I will argue yeah. that till my fucking deathbed. But it, it, it really was their way of saying, okay, we are going to get rid of, you know, traditional conventions. We're mm-hmm. going to get rid of the, the easel painting. We're going to put it on the floor. We're going to attack it from an angle. We're going to do whatever we want with it. And that's why, obviously, it's called abstract expressionism. But yeah, um, yeah. so we, I think we take it for granted a little bit that, uh, with the fact that this was complete freedom to them and it had never been done before. And now that it's been done to death, we're just like, Oh, it's, it's just kind of (laughs) boring to us in a lot of ways. Uh, but I think it really holds a special place in American, uh, Americana, uh, especially with art communities and the art movements of these times. What's interesting about this time area to like, especially with this art movement, in, in that medium, you look at other mediums like music and especially jazz at the same time. This was around the time where free jazz really started taking off late 50s, early 60s. Um, and so it's kind of interesting how that mimics a little bit to this abstract um, expressionism. It's, it, it was almost similar in music as well that you started seeing a lot of experimental music yeah. come out so, around. I mean, that is too. jazz. Jazz is abstract expressionism in a way yeah. that was actually it's funny that you bring that up because we we didn't uh full disclosure anybody listening all you lovers out there and we uh usually have a, like a little pre-show talk you know to hit the highlights hit the points we want to talk about we did not have time today so i had no idea buck was going to kind of talk about the jazz angle the the jazz comparison and it really is my, my god yeah. the the comparisons are uncanny on what they were doing at the time and the literal art community versus the musical art community and um yeah and and th- i think that's what i think i've always been i think both of us have always considered each other amateur musicologists because i find i find it so fascinating how history and what's going on behind the scenes of mm-hmm. the of these movements and art communities and things like that. And obviously the biggest one in this case is World War II. I, I find it so fascinating on how that pushes onto how the art is made. And then it's very cyclical that how that art is made then pushes onto the culture. Yeah, it's always cyclical, especially when you have big social upheavals. You see a lot of art movements, whether, I mean, going back to like the Renaissance era, you can really see a lot just with the social changes and acceptance of, you know, science and, and engineering technology, things like that, how that even influenced art. But I, I was trying to think, you know, on that front, I was trying to think of, you know, it's hard to be objective in our current times. Like that's what, what, yeah. what, like, I was like, what are we going through? That's and what, what is the, what artists coming out of that? And the only Dude, thing I could think of was digital art. 
like yeah, you you're, you're those like guys. right, like you were thinking exactly like the point I was I was going to like what is what what is our going thing through, right now? We're going through we're going through some shit, yeah, social like change. <laughs> you guys uh, feel the of, shit, right? There's a lot of stuff we. <laughs> We just got out of a pandemic, or well, we're still in a pandemic, but we're I mean, we're on the downhill slope. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's it's like and a, and an almost depression. We call it the yeah, Great Recession. Yeah. It wasn't recession, quite a depression, but we have political and social change going on. So, I mean, like unrest, I think back, political like, or I mean, uh, racial and socioeconomic. Yeah. Like it's it's a, there's a lot. It's it's complex right now. There's a lot of yeah, things so, going on right now. So what is that big thing? I mean, if you think back to like the the sixties and seventies, the big thing was music. Um, yeah, you, you, that's like a classic time period for that music. But I, yeah, I, that's curious. I, was I definitely, you, yeah, it's definitely what not is going music. to be our mark. Yeah, it's not music now. <laughs> it's definitely not music right now. Um, is it um, memes? I mean, um, <laughs> we're going to look back at that. Fuck, I mean, no, I hope not. I would say yeah. if I were to take the question very seriously and really analyze it, I feel like. We have excellent films and not movies, films, documentaries that are really pushing back on uh, or not pushing back, just giving a lot of social commentary. So I would say, yeah, the closest thing we have to that would be documentaries, really good films, not movies, I would but say films. Television shows. There's there's a lot. Yeah. So I would say that um, medium. We're still TV kind of movies. in the golden age of television. Yeah, I, I would. Think, I would definitely I think say we're, we're starting still in the to kind age. of turn down out of it. Um Maybe that's just because I've watched some really bad shows lately. But um, no, I, I just I've, I've always been thinking about that because I, yeah. I was hoping we would get some sort of like, like monumental or, fucking yeah thing. Because this is like the closest thing to like what we saw in the 60s and stuff like that. And I, I've been disappointed. Well, to to lift up your spirits, let's let's get rid of Buck's disappointment. I think on a traditional art uh, front so you know well i mean tv and movies are traditional art but i would say you know if, if it came to painting and graphic design and all that stuff that what we're seeing right now i think is really is really the digital artists yeah uh, really coming to the forefront that's that that was another thing i was thinking of when when i i remember doing research for this episode and seeing uh, and reading the fact that before abstract expressionism you know none of this nothing like this had ever been ever been done before and then I realized, well, what is the, what is that today? What is what would be complete freedom for artist X? And that would be CG art, digital hmm. art. Like you could, you know, you can get on fucking, you can you can create three D models. It can be animation. It can be it can be so many different things. It can well, I be mean, both. If, have you seen? I don't know if you've been on Reddit and seen some of these digital art works that people do on their iPads now, or um, some of them just are fucking the ridiculous. Yeah, sometimes yeah, I, I mean, just it, like Google them for no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, it it's becoming more open and things like that, and so that's why I wonder too if if maybe we're not going to see that huge change or maybe that that seismic thing because there's so it's so much more open and so much more available. Sure. Uh, with social media and the internet and things like that, I I I wonder if if it, it's kind of like our argument with music that we had where it's it's harder to find like gems or artists out there but there's there's more than ever you just have to dig a little bit more oh yeah like the the playing field has been leveled because yeah. of youtube because of social media we can put technology yeah essentially we can any artist can put their stuff online yeah. to anybody to this huge audience 
in an instant, in a blink of a fucking eye. And that's and that's where, yeah, the pendulum has swung so much the other way that instead of seeing, yeah, these seismic shifts, these movements, if you will, we're seeing so much clutter that things get yeah. clouded and you have to dig to really find the good stuff. It depends is, on what you hard. search on TikTok. <laughs> That's what it is. I don't know if you guys know this, but Buck is a huge TikTok star. He does dances. I do dances. He does, he does musicals. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I, 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 it's I do those act, I do those. If you want to be hypnotized. Things. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, it's really uncanny. Um, tell them where you can, they can find your TikTok. They can find my TikTok at www.tiktok.gov slash org slash biz dot Yep. Dot. That's it. I was trying <laughs> well, to do the, it's well, Theodore the Buck, office. right? It's Theodore. That's where the Theodore is. Theodore. Theodore Buck. I was trying to do that thing from the <laughs> office was Creed Thoughts. Oh, fuck. <laughs> God, that takes you back. Jesus he set up Christ. a Microsoft Word page that was like www.creedthoughts.com slash gov that biz or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, let's pull it back because I realized we went through an amazing rabbit hole just talking mm-hmm. about the the first half of abstract, well, traditional abstract expressionism style, which is which is action painting, which is the messy, busy works that I find soothing and T-Book finds chaos in. Now, there's uh, the other half of the equation is color fields. Now, color fields are the ones that are huge blocks, usually rectangles and squares. There are some circles, and we'll talk about the artists that do that. But it's almost these huge blocks, usually monochromatic, a lot of, a lot of hots, and this is where people are like, how the fuck is this art? You know, there's always that yeah. person in the museum that's like, my fucking kid could make this. And I would argue that there is a lot of piece, pieces that I would agree with. And um, I want you to put a pin on that because uh, I um, that's part of my gem. So put a pin in that. Mm. My gem put a, put a has feather to do in with your that. cap. Yes. But essentially, yeah, Color Fields is... Um, big, large groupings of blocked colors that are literally blocks, rectangles, squares, but put together in a very, I think there's some, there's definitely a hard line. There's ones where I feel like, oh my God, anybody can fucking do this. And then there's the ones where I'm like, okay, there's some real, there's some real thought put into this. This is really good. And um, I, it's real. you just have to do your own little journey through uh, these particular pieces to find what you think works and what doesn't work. It's a choose your own adventure in art. (laughs) Right. Right. Now uh, what's now we've been focusing mainly on painting and that is what obviously the movement is famous for known for. But uh, what I found interesting in doing the research for this is there was a lot of sculptors that added to the movement and there's a lot of, collagists it's hard to say i I almost butchered it like they Mm. make collages you know of what have you different mediums Mm -hmm. collage right and and this is where the trying to make a strong definition for this movement becomes contradictory becomes difficult because we see since this is the movement of literally fucking everything of course you're going to see a million different styles in it right the styles include uh, styles from matisse picasso surrealism miro cubism favism and then other 
modernisms of the time. And probably if people are making it now, we'll probably call it, we would call them neo-modern modernisms. Right. So, um, it's a, it's a completely different mishmash of styles and everything that is abstract expressionism. Now I want to move on from style and start talking about the artists themselves. Now there was two guys that really became probably the biggest mentors for the movement. And this is, this is going to lead us to probably the most famous expressionist artist of all time. And that's Jackson Pollock. Uh, but the t- before him, there was Hans Hoffman of Germany and John D. Graham of Ukraine. And these guys influenced all these other guys. They influenced Arshel Gorky, Willem de Kooning, Jackson Pollock, and, you know, God, the, the list is... When I, when I was, like, <laughs> just looking at notable artists to narrow it down to talk about... Oh, my God, Buck, there was so fucking many. I remember, I remember yeah. yelling at my wife and just being like... I've read so many fucking names. Oh my god! You know Can when it, your eyes, you know, like gloss over when you read so much. Yeah, and you're like I, I, I have to take a break. I was where there. everything's like m- mashing together, and I think that's also with this. There are so many artists in this, this, in this uh, movement. Yeah, movement because this movement is everything, right? That's yeah. why there were so many disagreements. Now the next one you're bringing up, I, I, I have a question for you. I'll, I'll let you. Are we gonna go Pollock? No, uh, which guy? You have an, a uh, Hyman Bloom. Oh, Hyman Bloom. Okay, go. Yeah, can I have a question for you about him? Um, is he okay? <laughs> why he whatever? Okay? Why whatever do you mean? His paintings scare me. <laughs> they are, they though. No, but it, I mean, definitely check him out. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely they are um, powerful. They They're are strong. powerful and. Um, so let's talk about why. So yeah. I, I had to pull it up. There's a lot of um, anatomical figures. So it is it is it is that busy um, all over kind of. This is definitely the first half of the the, the former style, not the not the color fields, the mm-hmm. action painting. But there's def- this is where it gets less abstract because we're seeing figures, we're seeing yeah. um, human bodies, a lot of anatomy. I don't. Well, I don't know. Yes and no. I yes and no. Like I, I don't. I, I come from an anatomy background. That's part of my science background, mm-hmm. and this doesn't bother me like I can see it bothering other people. So yeah, for we're on two somebody, different ends of the spectrum on this one. I'm I'm Mister. This is soothing, and and T Buck is fucking scared. Yeah, for somebody who um did not take a um a role or studied in the uh, human or medical field and, uh, get squeamish <laughs> at the uh, side of, of any type of bodily fluid there is. Um, yep, that happens. Yeah. That can bother me a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, people make fun of me all the time, but, um, you know, when I was in eighth grade, we dissected a calf that died and um, I was worried I would pass out when they would happen. Unfortunately, a kid did it in front of me. So he took one for the team instead. What a sweetheart! But I, but I'm one of those people. Um. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. I do want to talk about Gorky because Gorky is yeah. Gorky to a me, big one. um, Gorky's pieces are very cubism. I see a lot of yeah. Picasso in him, or but when I, I, think... I sh- or <laughs> him and Picasso, whatever. I see cubism. But when you brought up abstract expressionism, he was the one that I kind of him and Pollock were the ones that I thought of. Pollock for me, Pollock and Rothko. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 
Pollock and Rothko are my guys. You know, as much as I don't like really like Rothko when it came when it comes to uh, his his style of the color fields. There's some other guys where I'm like, this is the kind of shit I put in my in my house, you know, for decoration. And we'll talk about that yeah. in a minute. There, it's not as you know. So going back to Gorky's pieces, Gorky's pieces are not as busy as Pollock's, and there's a lot more form. I, I would say shape. There's, yeah, a, lot there's a lot more, more use shape. of shape to his pieces than just splatter. Uh, devices and techniques right yeah i would say you're you're definitely right where there is some cubism elements in there but i wouldn't say it's fully how do you say it? it's 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 not fully it's like, not within it's not the guernica when you look at yeah. the guernica you're like that is definitely this animal that animal this thing yeah. that thing where this is still very abstract you couldn't look at it and be like oh that's this or that yeah you know yeah, that's you where exactly that's where him and picasso differ greatly you can see it's not it's not it's not really abstract. You can see the musicians and three musicians. You can see all these things in his pieces, even though it takes on a very unique style. It's so. just, it's, it's very abstract. <laughs> huh? I wonder, huh, wonder huh. why. Wonder, wonder why. I wonder uh-huh, that was why it would be abstract. That was my dad joke of today. Oh, your dad joke. Oh, we love dad jokes here. Oh, I love yeah. dad jokes. Let's move on to uh, de Kooning. Um, he is, uh, we're, we're seeing an evolution. It's getting busier and busier. I'm still seeing shape. And he is famous, of course, for um, what is considered violent or grotesque. His women pieces. Uh, or woman pieces yeah. that um, are just that it's 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 taking a beautiful shape that is woman and making it a crazy blocky mess of a piece. But people yeah. people love the shit. I I don't I don't I don't quite gravitate towards I, this like some of the other pieces. But yeah, I I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you're just gonna stay on that yeah i mean i this was the one that i looked at too and this is exactly what i thought was like it's like "Eh." yeah yeah um but yeah (laughs) so let's let's go ahead and shift to the a lot of people would consider the apex the pinnacle the the top tier of this movement and that is through jackson pollock and i think a little bit of a rothko and we'll talk about him in a minute but let's talk about uh jackson pollock and his pieces and uh obviously number 31 is near and dear to my heart uh now i i get it i get your i can totally put myself in your shoes buck and say oh my god this is chaos this this hurts my eyes this is just crazy massive color and shape and form and so um explain riddle me this here like explain this to me what 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 would make and and this is not me trying to be an ass this is just me being no be an ass being a devil's advocate here but what is what is to say like what made this different than me going out and taking a can of paint and just splattering it all over the place like what what makes a a jackson pollock a jackson pollock uh that's that's a good question because yeah i i definitely can see the the argument i could see the other side of it and and like i said for a lot of for a lot of these artists during this time, I would put them in that camp of like, yeah. I think my my five year old could do this. Now, the thing I think that's different about Pollux is um, is that chaos theory part that mm. that we were talking about earlier. Where yes, is there at first glance does it look just look like just a mess of color and and splatter techniques and drips and what have you? Absolutely, but I think upon closer inspection, you see that there is clear design perfectly likened to jazz because just like jazz i think there is still improv 
there was mm-hmm. there was a lot of him making it up as he went, but once he saw what the the art of creating the art became, and that's a huge part of this movement, I think he knew what he wanted to continue forward in that fashion with. I know that's mm. abstract just to put it that way, but just like a jazz uh, musician is still playing, they all have the same octaves, there's the same notes per per octave, etc. But it's uh, but once they start and they communicate with each other and they figure out where they want to go, everyone is in sync, right? And so I think once he was started to create these pieces, you can see it in number 31. Like I bet at first he had big big chunks of color that was just the backdrop of the canvas, and then when he started doing the splattering uh, and the dripping, uh, it was clear that there was a shape that was beginning to form. And then he continued to make it balanced and work within the color mediums that, um, and the color theory he decided to use. A lot of a lot of colors in number 31, uh, using that example, it's a lot of like olive green and blacks and it's just weird. Uh, I'll be pull it up so I can, I can look at it. But um, it's, did I answer your question? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when I look at it, a lot of I mean, whites, blacks, there's a lot and of whites, like and greens yeah. and kind earth of tones. Yeah, that's that you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, that's perfect. A lot of earth tones. So yeah, I mean, there is some texture and some structure to it. If I as I'm I'm looking at the MoMA picture, well, just like the jazz example, there was um, no two takes are ever the same. It'll always, even if they recorded it for whatever jazz album. It's never going to be the same twice in a row and forever after that. And these pieces are really, they really resonate with that. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this, uh, a biographer said this, uh, Jackson Pollock revolutionized the potential for all contemporary art that followed him. And he, he used to say, uh, or not he, uh, it, it's been said that, I mean, it's clear that the journey toward making a work of art was more important than the work of art itself. So what you're saying, Novo, is that he let, he paved the way for somebody to duct tape a banana to a, a wall. A banana to a wall. And this is definitely... <laughs> we like we love, we love using that example. Yeah, that is that is definitely the example I of... Know. But this is fucking stupid. <laughs> but no, fucking. but I, I definitely can see how he opened the doors and it really yeah. brought out the concept of art to people potential. and what it could be yeah. the potential. So it that and therefore that, that is revolutionary. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. And and that is what it everything is. It's it especially with this ex- expressionalism is getting whatever you feel like out there and just doing whatever the F you want. And that's the beauty of it. Now let's talk about the opposite end of the spectrum within this movement which is color fields let's talk about mark rothko because okay. this is the guy if you've never seen a mark Roth, i bet you've i bet anybody listening has seen a mark rothko and didn't even realize it was him so if you see a big square of red and then a darker square of red underneath it that's a rothko <laughs> if you or see, orange <laughs> if you see a painting a canvas with just two rectangles Two giant rectangles, sometimes almost the same color. That's a Rothko. That's a Rothko. I uh, so now this one. I, I this this is one I can do. <laughs> this is one I can do. Needless to say, this is one T Buck could def- I I could. I'm not. I'm not a traditional 
painter and any literally i think anybody could recreate this yes but color fields have been used in a lot of medium media mediums uh from this i mean you see in certain album art so it's it's it was an important thing like but again it's it's very it's it leaks right into the kind of that almost minimalist um very minimalist oh my god yeah like yeah it's it's just straight paint and rectangles. But um, so what's funny is the I don't know how to put it the offshoot of this kind of style um, where you would see. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move over to Robert Motherwell and Franz Klein. So they used big chunks of bl- black, you know, big big shapes of of black and now we're seeing a little bit of circles <laughs> come into the rectangles yeah. finally revolutionary right let's bring in some circles into this ship so um i wouldn't say so much motherwell but when you look at pieces by franz klein um this is a lot of the stuff i put up in my house there, there's something about it and yes t-buck you could absolutely make this anybody can make these kind of pieces but there is some i think there's definitely design design like there's a lot of planning that goes into these more so than what meets the eye i mean it just looks like a bunch of black on a white canvas and weird lines and directions and what have you but uh, there there is there is design here okay (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i could see that but uh yeah i mean again it, it is it 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 is uh, very simplistic. Um, at least with this, there's a little bit. I would say, you know, <laughs> you know, compared to the color fields that we just spoke about, at least there is some sort of abstract to this uh, more than than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could definitely see there's <laughs> there's definitely a rawness with this uh, with his stuff too, because you can definitely see just like the paint roller or the brush that he used. Yeah. Um, definitely see the outline of that so um but yeah i i I could see this being something i would even put up um in my home now of these style of of the specific style now there are pieces that i do consider a lot more groundbreaking and uh i i direct all of you to a piece called composition two in red, blue, and yellow. And this is by, I'm going to butcher this name, but I'm going to try. It's by artist Piet Madrian. Uh, this was in 1930. And he used literally those colors, red, blue, and yellow, and, and white, to make a piece that I, I think is is quite brilliant, quite striking in these color-filled sets. I've seen this one before. Did um, you pull it up? Yeah. 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 yeah well, everyone's seen, seen I, I guarantee you, literally. I think everybody's seen this. One. Everybody's seen this. And on a postcard, on a print, probably on some poster in school, so, like you've seen this piece, yeah. And there's there there there's a lot of thought that was put into this because it seems so balanced, but it also makes your eye move around a lot. Definitely with color theory, using using red, blue, and yellow, so primary color. No, I, I've seen this one before, and um, I had to remind myself of of his work. But yeah, I mean, this is definitely, I would say, one of the more probably at least the more familiar in the color field spectrum um, here. But yeah, it's very simplistic. It's like you said, you're using primary colors and squares and rectangles. And basically, like you said, it, it it's aesthetically pleasing. It's just not, uh, I would say there's, to me, there's a lot more planning in something like this compared to some of the other things we had. Oh God. Yes. Oh, for um, sure. Because yeah, you could definitely, 
arbitrarily just start painting in, you know, different squares, but they, but you'll see that a lot of this, they're usually on the perimeter and they're staged in a way so that, you know, your eye is guided to a, a, a certain particular part of the work itself. Before we move on uh, from uh, some notable artists and we talk about kind of what the, f- what the future holds, what, what evolved from this movement, I want to give uh, some love to the ladies. Uh, there was uh, two standouts was Lee Krasner and Joan Mitchell. Uh, they they definitely focused on the busy style, mm-hmm. uh, the splatter painting style, if you will, of this era of this movement. Uh, but there was still a femininity to it that I think is quite beautiful, definitely with color theory, with color usage. It is still very busy, especially Lee Krasner's work. But there is, there is a, for lack of a better word, there's a prettiness to these a lot of these pieces that I find quite striking. Yeah, it's always good that, um, you know, I don't think we we, um, especially throughout history, we don't give enough credit to a lot of. It's it's a shame that um, that for some reason, uh, female voices or minorities, people of color, um, they they just they get their voices squashed in the sands of time and history and it, it sucks. And I'm glad we're seeing, uh, talking uh, definitely to kind of go around circle in some of our points earlier, uh, we're starting to see the, those pushbacks, the, the, it, we're living in, in quite a watershed moment, a sea change where we're seeing so many voices say we need to hear every from everybody. And, uh, I'm so glad we are. So, uh, thank you guys for <laughs> keeping up with us. So let's talk about the future of this movement. The future of this movement was a lot of things. It evolved from and after, it really evolved after the 50s and 60s, and that's when we started seeing hard edge painting, geometric abstraction, lyrical abstraction, and I think a a full episode, like we're probably going to cover this next one in a full episode, and that is avant-garde, So uh, and pop art. So that's like Andy Warhol. So um, I think I'm going to sum up, before we go into our gems, this is a quote from a art historian that I think sums up this, <laughs> this era better, much better than me. So this is the conclusion for this episode. So this is William C. Seitz, S-E-I-T-Z, American artist and art historian about abstract expressionism. Abstract expressionists value the organism over the static whole, becoming over being, expression over perfection, vitality over finish, fluctuation over repose, feeling over formulation, the unknown over the known, the veiled over the clear, the individual over society, and the inner over the outer. Thank you guys so much for listening. But before we go, no, no, we got a little extra for you, a little icing on the cake, a little cherry on top with what we call the gym of the week. If you don't know what the gym of the week is, it is essentially something we want to talk about in our show here, but it doesn't always fit perfectly within the scheme of the episode, but we want to talk about it nonetheless and bring it to your attention. I have a gym that's a little bit different. Okay. All right. My gym is 10 minutes a day. What's that? That me for me, uh, take 10 minutes. Do nothing, relax, sit down, clear your mind. That is my gym. Oh, so this is a mental health gym. This is a mental health gym. 
And uh, I think we all, especially we all after... Need a, we all need a break. And don't look at your phone. Oh, God. take. Wait. We should all take a break from that shit. Yeah. Jesus, don't get me started on that goddamn so, topic. I know that's not a traditional gym, but I think... I, hey, there's no... We've always said this. There's no rules with the gyms. Yeah. It can be literally anything. I've been meaning to do that one for a while, and I, I, I think it's a good time, especially when we're talking about this subject. Well, very good. I, I like that. Okay. Another thoughtful gym by Theodore Buck. Did not see that coming. Mine is much more closer to home. I have two. Uh, mine is uh, kind of an abstract one like yours that is a pilgrimage, if you will. Encourage everyone to actually go to MoMA. So in New York City, the mecca of abstract expressionism, I've had the pleasure of going there once. So that's MoMA is the Museum of Modern Art uh, in New York City. And you will get to see these pieces, uh, the originals. My other one is a documentary on Netflix. Uh, The documentary on Netflix is called Made You Look. And this is a famous, it documents a famous, famous series of forgeries that are done a few years, a few decades ago when um, they were selling Rothko's and Pollock's and all this stuff. And someone made them so perfect, identical to the originals. They were being sold for millions and millions and millions before they were caught. And don't forget to follow us at all of our socials. Uh, You can follow us at at underscore Novo, underscore day, days, D-E, and at Novo Day Media. You can, of course, check out our products at NovoDayProductions.com. There you'll find uh, novels like The Entropy Sessions uh, in um, paperback and audiobook, uh, Adulteration, Post Meridium, and much more to come. There's a lot of new things that we have on the horizon. We can't wait to show you guys. Uh, but until next time, just you know the drill. Be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions, created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media, at Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company, Facebook.com slash Aco Music 123, Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J E S T U S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. It's just. It's, it's very abstract.